I'm excited uh, to bring the word to you guys this morning. Um, we're in this, this series of, of 10 commandments that are 10 opportunities. And um, I wanted to share a quick story with you that was on my heart in regards to this series. And it, it's this, is there was one morning where um, my father and I, we were getting ready to go to the, the fields and we were going to do some batting practice and fielding practice. And uh, we're getting ready to go and, and about to head out the door. And my mom goes, hey, Mark's on the phone as a friend of mine. And so I start talking to Mark, and he goes, hey, man, we got some guys coming over today. We're going we're gonna to hang out, just have a good time. Do you want to come? And I, I just, you know, I'm in my head, I'm going, no, we've, I've got to do something else. So I say, no, I can't. i got to go to the fields and do batting practice with my dad. And uh, so I hang up the phone, and I'm ready to go, ready to go out the door. I'm excited. Uh, and I'm like, where's my dad? He's not outside. So I go, dad, he's in the living room. I said, where, where are you going? Where, aren't we going to the field? He goes, no, we're not going anymore. And I was like, well, that's news to me. Um, I said, why are we not going? And he goes, because I don't want you to have to do anything with me. When you say you, you're going to go to the fields, I want you to say, I want to go to the fields with my dad to do batting practice and get fielding practice in. I don't want you to have to. So when we're in this series, man, I just want to encourage you that this can so quickly become, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. Can I just encourage you today that throughout these next, well, I guess eight weeks, nine weeks now, you don't have to do, you don't got to do, you get to do. You get to worship God in these ways that we're working through together. And let's be real, we really are working through these things together. No, no one can come up here and say, hey, do, do this right, because we definitely do. So I'm in it with you. Everything I say to you today, please hear, like it is, it is coming from a place of, oh Lord, please help me. Um, so, so just hear that in my, in my heart today. And so um, I have the second commandment, right? Thou shalt not make any idols or bow down to them. And um, that, that means the second opportunity, which is this, worship me only. Worship God only. And there's a couple words that I'm gonna use a whole lot to the point where they might make you nauseous because I'm gonna use them so much. Um, but they are these, and I wanna give you the meanings up here just so you know how I'm referring to them throughout this sermon. The first one is gonna be the word idol. And really simply put, idol just means image. Whether it's a physical or mental, it's in this day and age, but in the context, it is any image. Uh, the second word is idolatry. Giving honor and affection toward a created object, whether, whether a God, objects, people, etc. Um, a common theme in idolatry is, is doing or, or, or worship, aiming my affection toward in order to receive some sort of right standing or benefit from that God or image. And the third one is this, worship. And when I, when I say worship, I, I'm referring to bowing down to something, to aim one's affection toward something. So I hope that uh, as we move through, maybe just having those definitions through your head will help you uh, stick with me as I just repeat myself a thousand times. Um, but before we dive in here, as you heard Kenny read in Exodus chapter 20, there's a little bit of context that I want to share, and it's this, is that this is when the Israelites have been delivered out of, of Egypt, right? So they've been enslaved in Egypt uh, for hundreds of years. And here's the reality that Egypt is a culture that worships many, 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 many gods. They have many idols. 
And so they would have been, I mean, I'm talking about stars, moon, sun, light, crops, livestock, everything. Everything has a God. And so the, the Israelites have been in this culture. I mean, yes, they're enslaved, but they're in it. And so they, they would know these gods. They would know their names. They would know how they're worshiped. They would know what they do, how they, you know, what, what their main course of responsibility is, I guess. They, they would know all these things. And so the reason I wanted to share this is this, because we all know that when God begins to deliver his people out from slavery, that he sends the plagues, right? He sends these plagues. And when I was a kid, um, you know, I watched Prince of Egypt. Does anyone ever watch Prince of Egypt? Yeah. So that was my idea of the plagues. I just kind of went, wow, God's really creative. That's cool. Like, and when he sent the frogs, I was like, I would, that's a good one. I, I would do that. Um, except I just don't know where to get millions upon millions of them. Um, but, uh, but there's more to it. And what's really cool is this, is that I said that that whole culture, they had gods for everything. So if you break down each of those plagues, we're not going to do it today. I think there's more important things than this. But I just want you to know that you could trace each of those plagues back to a God that was responsible over that area. And, and God, the God of Israel, the one true God, had complete authority to do what he needed to do. And they could do nothing. And so the people of Israel are sitting there and they're going, man, we've, we've been in this culture where they worship these things. They, they worship these gods. They need them. It's part of their life. And we're watching the God of Israel, our God, the one true God, completely, as a youth pastor would say, destroy them. Like they have no chance. Like they, they're just done, right? They're toast compared to him. And so um, this, this is insane to me, though. We, we, we move forward in the story. We fast forward a couple months, um, and, and they're delivered out. Okay, so they've been delivered out. They just saw the God of Israel have all this power over these idols, over these false gods. They just saw it. And Moses is now up on Mount Horeb, and he's receiving the Ten Commandments from God. What, what an, I, man, I wish, that'd be so cool to just, I just think about that moment, what, how cool that must have looked. But here's, here's what's happening down low. They're going, man, Moses hasn't been here for a couple weeks. Where is the leader? Where is the one who's in front of me? I'm used to seeing images. I'm used to seeing idols. I'm used to seeing objects of the one who's leading me, of the one I'm trying to get right standing from. I don't see Moses. Where is this God that we have? I'm getting really uncomfortable. So what do they do? Even though they were just delivered out of slavery into freedom by God, by the one true God, they construct an idol into a golden calf and they go back to what they knew, which is we need something to look at. We need something that we can see. We need a piece of this idea that we just got delivered. Well, we need to see it. Be believing it's not enough. We need to see. But man, so, so my question is why, why are people so prone to idolatry? Why are, so, why are people so in need of something else to guide them? Because the reality is this in this story is that God's people do this over and over and over. And God purges it. He, he cleans them of it. Back to it again. Cleans them of it. Back to it again. And then it's in the New Testament with Greek culture. It's over and over again. So what is it that we need something else to give us meaning, to give us um, uh, an experience or to make us feel like we have some sort of control over our life? And it leads into my first point, which is this, 
and this is a truth that I, I have to get for my own life, idols enslave. Idols enslave. Galatians 4 verse 8 says, but in the past, since you didn't know God, you were enslaved to things that by nature are not God's. So simply put, we, we become enslaved by what we worship, by what our affection is aimed at, is what enslaves us. It's what controls us. And maybe you're sitting there and you're going, eh, that seems a little deep. If, if, my, if I am trying to find right standing, if I am trying to find success, and so therefore I need to place my affection on this thing in order to receive what I need, it now has enslaved me. It now has me in control. I think I control it, but it has me in control. You know, an easy one, this is just low-hanging fruit, okay? Money. Money is so, this is just a circle. My affection is on money, and now my actions are, are, they, they are everything that I need to do in order to get enough of it. And then my affections on money, my actions, my affections on money. It's just this circle of needing something else to sustain me something else to guide me. This could be emotions. It could be, some of us, we love saying, well, I'm an emotional person. I, me too. But if our emotions are what are guiding us and that's how we live our life and, then, and, and they cause us to, to live out a certain way that we're not called to live, well, those have become an idol in our lives. So this can be anything, social media, friends. It can, I believe it can even be family. If we place these things and our affection is on them more than they, it is on God. That is an idol in our life. And so, um, man, we, we like to express ourselves through many things, and I understand that. But if our purpose becomes tied to those things, they have become an idol in our life. Um, there used to be this game that we played in college. And uh, really, I, I don't know, growing up, I just remember it, it, it. People would always do this. Whenever you were bored, I don't know why we did this. Hey, if you were deserted on an island, what are three things you'd want with you? I don't know why that's fun. Um, it's not really that fun. It's over in five seconds. Yay. Um, and I never really knew what to say. Uh, so I just gave the good Christian answer. I was like, water matches in my Bible, you know? And, um, and so that's the classic answer. My dad would be pleased as a pastor. And, uh, and the reality is this, that the next person would go and they, you know, they would say something better than I said. And I'd be like, wait, I change what I change it. I, I, I need that. I know I need that. They were smarter than me. So I take that. The reality is there's too much. There's too much for us to just pick three. And if I asked you in this room today, I'd say, hey, what, what is one thing that your life centers around? What is one thing that your affection is on? I think most of us, if not all of us, would love to say God and God alone. But I think we may realize that our life tends to center around a lot of things, and I don't think we can pick just one. I think we go to and from many different things that we love, that our affection is toward, and that we want to receive something. We want to receive whether because it sustains us, things that, that we need in order to survive. And the reality is we have many idols in our culture today. And if we look back, like I said, right, they, they have many gods, but we do too. They just look different. They just look different. They're just disguised to look different so that we don't see them as easily. And, and this is the worst part about idols in our life is that we, we are under the illusion that we are in control of them. 
We are, are under the impression that we have control over these things in our life that actually have control over us. I want to tell you this is that idols overpromise and they underdeliver. Idols overpromise and they underdeliver. So so let's uh, let's break that down a little bit. So what might sound really good in the beginning? Man, I'll just get here, I'll give you an example. Caffeine. Caffeine sounds really good to me. There's a drink over there that I have that has caffeine in it because I wanted some energy this morning. Caffeine is something, who, who needs caffeine each day? Some of you are like, I don't need it. Well, come on, be honest. Um, so we would say we need caffeine. Caffeine has a great, nice sounding promise. You will get more energy. I feel it for about an hour and a half. And then what happens? I crash. And that's the under-delivery. That's the part that caffeine doesn't really warn me of. It over-promises and it under-delivers because in the end, I'm probably more tired than I was in the first place. In the end, I'm feeling less energy than I was in the first place. And guess what? If I don't have it the next day, now I have a headache. Now my body's craving caffeine. It, it, It needs it. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in a place where now I'm serving caffeine. It has overpromised and it has underdelivered for me. And I, I want to tell you this: is that um, as we as we have these things in our life that 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 we we trust those promises, we trust what they're telling us. We begin to serve them. They begin to enslave us. And I just want to tell you this that they are simply images. They're simply things that, that we get caught up in the middle of. And, and um, the, devil, the devil comes as, dressed as an angel of light. The devil comes dressed as an angel of light. So I believe that there are things that we look at and we go, nah, I've got the control. No, no, I, I, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not stuck on this. It doesn't have me. But, the, but we think that Idols come with like a 60-second video clip of what they're like in a personality, you know, summary. Like it's like a dating app. I, I love long walks on the beach and this, right? Like you're going to get, this is going to be good, but here's all the bad things that I will bring into your life. Here's how you're going to need me. Here's how you're going to be wrapped up by everything that I'm going to bring into your life. Yeah? That's, that's what they do. They, they, they look good. They look enticing. That is the point. So we go, ah, that, that's what I need. And then we get stuck in a place of being enslaved by these things. I want to share um, a story with you uh, of a pastor. He said he was, um, he was overseas and he was, uh, he was with a missions group. And there was, there was a local uh, missionary with them and she started, uh, they, they were sharing stories with one another, and he said, hey, have you, have you ever been to the U.S.? And she said, um, she said yes, I have. And, and the conversation keeps going, and he said, uh, he said, will you go back? And she said, no way. <laughs> He's like, what, what do you mean? She goes, the idolatry is too, too much. The, the idolatry is way too much. I don't want to be there. And so he's sitting there, and he, he's almost offended. He's like, our idolatry? What do you mean? We're, we're, we're walking through these, these small houses in this village, and they literally have carved images in, in worship of other gods, where they come and they sit before them, or they do this. They... So he's like, what, what are you talking about, idol worship? And then he sat back for a second, and he realized this, that where, 
where he might, or where a villager, they might have a little box in their home that has an idol on top of it. He has a TV. And then he said, you know, where, where in the streets, they've got, they've got um, little altars set up for their God. I have malls and shopping centers that worship the God of, of vanity and that I need. And let, can I give you one? I'm, I'm going to give you one is this, is this one. Where, where a villager might walk around with a little token in their pocket that they reach down and they, they, they touch it and they remember and they, they, they pay homage to their God in that moment. That's where my phone is. That's where my phone is. I reach down. And, listen, I hate, love, struggle with, am happy because of a very weird emotional relationship with this thing right here. And, and, and Pastor Aaron, when he speaks, like I'm sitting there and I'll be looking up the scripture and so I'm using it for good purposes and, and then I'll look up, you know, he said something that made me think of something else. So I, so I go ahead and I, I look it up and then as he's speaking, I'll literally catch myself doing this and I'm scrolling through it. I'm not even looking at it. My thumb is scrolling on a phone that I'm not even using. My wife pointed that out to me one time and I was very ashamed. Um, and, and some of you, look, I've just incriminated myself. So like, he's gonna be preaching next week. You guys are gonna be like, you were scrolling on your phone again. Um, but here's the thing. What was once an object that connected me to people I love has now become the sole object of my affection. That it, 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 it's, it has trapped me. We don't realize that we are serving these things in our life. And I wanna share this with you. This is, this is so, I wanna say this in the most gentle loving way possible because I do have a concern um, when, I, when I look at the American church, when I look at the American church setting, and, and I, I hope you hear this, that I'm not attacking our people. I, man, I love it. This is because I, I love us. I love the church. I love the, the church that is worldwide, and I love the American church, but here's a couple things that I see. I see us coming into a place sometimes, and we're, we're saying things like this, if that, if that worship pastor just sang that one song, I would have connected with God better. If that, if that lighting was just a different color, I would have really felt the presence of God. If that, if that sound was louder, I would have felt the truth of that song more. If that pastor was just a bit funnier, not you, you're very funny, um, but if that, if that pastor was just a bit funnier, then I would have connected with the word of God better today. We have reduced the greatness and the vastness of who God is into an experience, into a temporary moment, into a song, into an image. And let me tell you this, experiences don't get you God experiencing God gets you. So these are things that, that even in our spirituality, yes, there's social media. Yes, there's my phone, like I mentioned, but there are also things in here, a place where we're supposed to come together and express our love for God. Let me, let me tell you, the church is designed to be a place where people come together and they worship the Lord. They express their love for him. They express how good he is to them. It's not meant to be a place where we come and we say, hey, did, did, it, did it fill me up today? Did the right thing happen? Because whether it's art form, let me just tell you this, lights and, and, and the sound and, and songs, they're beautiful, but they're expressions. 
They're expressions of how good he is, our heart for him. They are not supposed to control and manipulate our heart for him. And so, so don't sit here and hear, well, he doesn't want light. I love light. He, he doesn't want this. I, I love all of it. But the truth is, is that I don't need it to draw closer to God. We can't. We can't afford to need temporary things to draw closer to the Lord. Instead, can we enjoy them? Absolutely. Can, we, can they remind us of the goodness of God? Yes, absolutely. But we can't need them to draw near to him. Um, I do have, I do have an um, example uh, of this. When, when I think to, to uh, idolatry and what are some simple things in, in our life, um, I even look at art form. And I mentioned the lights. I look at art. And, and sometimes it can get to the point where maybe we go, I, I, need, I need this in order to be connected with God. I need, I need the way, or, or maybe you're a person you view through paintings, right? Paintings are, we could, we could paint something and it could be an expression of our love for God and it's beautiful and it reminds us of his goodness and his beauty and all these things. But the truth is, if we need paintings to connect with God, painting has become, this painting has become an idol. It's become an, an image. I sound like a choo-choo train over there. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and so, uh, but here's another thing. This one, this one connects with me. Maybe this one's a little, bit, a little bit easier to understand. I love nature. Does anybody else love nature? You love going for hikes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, go up to the top of a mountain, sit there by yourself, experience the presence of the Lord, look over the, the sunrise, sunset, whichever one it is. Probably sunset for me because I can't wake up early. Um, it's beautiful. And it does. It's a moment that I can connect with the Lord because it's his creation. And creation declares the glory of God. But if I get to the point in my life where I go, I need to get away from this. I need to get to the woods so I can experience God. I need to get to the top of that mountain so I can look at the sunset and so I can experience God. Well, you're drawing near to God through his creation. You're drawing near to God through, through just a piece of how he has expressed himself and his love. Instead of drawing near to who he is, and you can, you can appreciate creation without needing it to draw you closer to the creator, right? So, so we can allow these simple things to become idols in our life. I believe that um, something that is an undertone in all of this, even as I work through some of these things, I believe that idol worship is ultimately self-worship. Idol worship is ultimately self-worship because it's all giving and doing and, and paying homage to in order to receive, in order to get right standing, in order to get something that I need. So in, so in old times, here's what it might have looked like. I'm going to go uh, plant my, uh, my seed for my crop this upcoming year. So I know that I need the God who keeps the soil fertile to keep my crops alive. So what do I do? I honor him. I worship, right? I worship that God. I pay homage. I pay respect and I put my affection on them so that they allow my crops to grow, right? So that I can sustain my family, so I can sustain myself. And this is what it maybe looks like today. 
My allegiance, my affection is on my job because my job sustains me. My job gives me everything I need. I have to have it, so I, so I make sure everything's good with my boss. I make sure everything's good with these people. I make sure I, I, I go in extra hours because I need it to sustain me. But God alone sustains you. See, because what would it look like if instead of the job now has your affection, what if God just had your affection? Now because God has it, we work hard, we love people, we honor people, we respect people, we have wisdom, we function in knowledge because God is with us. He sustains us. Let your business, let your, let your earning, your profession be a reflection of God. Don't seek after one thing and say, I need this. Need God. Need God. And he will take care of those other things. He'll sustain you, your family. An easy one too is this, social media. I deal with it all the time because I, I wish I could say that social media was like our youth group thing now, but it's a, I'm all about social media too. It, it's, it's a struggle in today's society where we sit and we say, I, let, me po- let me post this picture because, because I, need, I need likes, I need follows, I need people to fill me up. This is where I find my self-worth. Don't allow social media to be the, the avenue to which you find your worth. You were created in the image of God. No God alone, no, no, no other thing except God sustains you. And I believe this, that the first form of idolatry was not the first time we see the word idol in our Bible. The first form of idolatry, the first moment of idolatry is in the garden when Adam and Eve decided to say, yes, we want more. We want to be more. We want to have more. We should have more. And so they said, let's, let's get like him, which is so crazy because we were already made in his image. So we, what we did made us not look like his image anymore. It just hurts my heart, but we wanted more. Genesis 1 verse 26, you were created in the image of God. And it talks about having dominion over the earth and everything in it. So in a moment that we, we decided to worship ourselves, what we once had dominion over, now we need to sustain us. And so in, in a world that we, we had what we needed, we had authority over the earth, now it's like we need everything in it to satisfy. We need everything in it to give us our identity. And here's the thing, I'm gonna wrap this up but, but with this second point, but I feel like this sermon can lead you to a place where you're sitting here and you're going, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? All these things are hidden, they're not obvious, I'm freaking out because I gotta find all these things in my life. That's not my intention for you today. My intention is to understand that idols have shifted over cultures, over time, that it doesn't look as obvious as it used to look. And so maybe we need to do some deep reflection on these things in our life. And it leads me to this. And, and, and maybe you're feeling heavy. And let this second point just, just get your heart that little, woo. Um, that was really exciting, right? Um, this is my second point. While idols enslave, God sets free. God sets free, amen? We've talked about how God said, do not have any idols for yourself. Well, the positive of that is this. Worship me only. Worship me only. If we, if we aren't careful, the commandments just become a list of how we draw close to God, how we get close to God, how we earn place with God. But they were meant to be what pointed out our need for a holy and perfect God. 
right? So we can't get caught up in this. So, so how has God set us three, free? Through his son, Jesus Christ, who lived the perfect life that I could not live and took the penalty that I deserved and gave me life. Life through Jesus Christ. John 8 verse 36 says, so if the son sets you free, you really will be free. See, we are free in this room. So even though we just worked out, we just worked out through this stuff, like, oh my gosh, idols, you have been set free. You have been set free from those things that your affection has been on, that your heart has been on, that you have placed higher than God. Allow God to set you free. Salvation is a free gift. Colossians 3, 9 through 10 says, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. See, where we failed to reflect the image of God, Jesus never did. Thank the Lord. Because we're sitting in this moment that we can talk about these things. We could talk about areas that we struggle and know that Jesus did it for us, that his, his power lives in us, that he gave us the ability to be free from these things. Man, you, you are new, you've been restored, and maybe you're sitting there and you're going, Pastor Josh, I, I, I'm stuck because I know that I have these areas in my life and I don't know how I'm gonna work it all out. Don't allow the enemy to come in this very moment where we're talking about being set free from these things and you draw right back into the form of idolatry which is doing in order to get. If, you, if, you're, if you're sitting there and you're going, I have to do, I gotta do this and I gotta do this. I, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna write a war plan against all my idols. Jesus is your war plan. The Holy Spirit is your war plan. So, so receive that today. John 14, verse six says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We've been talking about images, right? The only image that will ever get you close to God is the image of Jesus Christ. That is it, no other. Not your actions, not what your pastor says to you, not what kind of worship song you sang that day, but Jesus Jesus did it. He set you free. And I want to read this to you as well. You know, we see in the Old Testament, God commands his people to go tear down the high places. Go tear down the high. These are places devoted to idols. Go tear them down. Let's read this. Colossians 3 verse 5. Therefore, pure to death what belongs in greed, which is idolatry. It's all idolatry. So how do we tear these places down? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you, you've been gifted with the presence of God. That Jesus said, I, I'm not just leaving. I'm leaving you with something better. I'm leaving and the comforter will come. The one who guides you will come. And so he fills us. When we say yes to Jesus, we are filled with the Spirit of God that he, he finds these areas. Lord, search my heart and know me, that I may have a pure heart before you, that I'm not seeking things more than you, that I don't seek you through other things, but instead I just seek you because you are good enough. Where, where idolatry has enslaved, Jesus has set us free. And I wanna share um, one more thing with you. It's, it's something that I used to struggle with. And um, in, that, in that chapter, Exodus verse 20, he says, I am a jealous God. And I remember uh, I had a, heard a couple responses to this and it was, what a petty 
human emotion. God is jealous. The God of the universe is jealous. See, that we have a tendency to filter God's emotions that he shares with us through our own emotions, through our own weakness. Our jealousy is this. I'm jealous for things that don't rightfully belong to me. God's jealousy is this. God is jealous for something that rightfully belongs to him. You are his. You're his creation. He purchased you back from death, which was a decision we made. So we are his. He is jealous. I don't think that any of us, let's, let's, let's just take a marriage. I don't think that any of us would want a spouse who wouldn't be upset that we're flirting with another, that we're messing around with another. We made a, a covenant, right? When we're married, we make a covenant to one another. I am yours, you are mine, right? God doesn't want his bride messing around with any other. He doesn't want him to do that. So what did he do? Because of his jealousy, you've been set free. So thank God for that. I don't struggle with be, he, God is jealous anymore because I thank God because for the fact of his jealousy, idolatry may have enslaved, but Jesus has set us free. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm gonna pray. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we rest in you today. It's hard after, after some things like this to, to say the word rest. Maybe our mind's not resting. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would just give us peace right now, that we would be filled with your peace and that we're, we're, maybe we're, we're able to identify some of these areas, Lord, but we need you. We need you to purify our hearts. Purify our hearts this morning. We love you, Lord. May our affection be on you and you alone. In your name we pray, amen.